Hey, my friends, I am so glad you're here today. We have been talking in previous episodes about school and getting your kids off to school and getting a good start to the year. So that's all fine. But now you have a little bit of time to yourself. And I want to switch our conversation to businesses and how you can have the most fertile, growing, wonderful business that you can desire or dream. And I'm going to lay that on top of being a good gardener, being a good farmer, if you will. How a good garden analogy can apply to your business. So you're wondering, how in the heck can I put that together? Then I hope that you will stick around after the intro and take some notes because I think today's episode is fabulous. Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. My husband and I decided that we were going to plant a garden this year. Now we have had gardens in the past, but what makes this one different is that we don't have any space for a garden. Not really. We have a backyard that has grass. We have neighbors that probably don't want to see towering okra and tomato plants everywhere. So we were in a little bit of a challenge as to how to do it. But we were excited because we wanted to grow our own stuff again, our own food. And if you've never done that, great activity to have with kids. You can do container gardens, but I digress. So we got our garden plan. We consulted other people that have done container gardens and got some ideas. And so we were off. And that's kind of how it is when you start a new endeavor or a new business. When you are talking to people, you've got this great entrepreneurial idea that you want to pursue. You talk to people, to mentors, to people who have been there before you. Or if you're considering an e-commerce business or a multi-level marketing business or a franchise, you want to talk to those people, your upline, your sponsor, your the franchise leader. You want to talk to those people and get the scope of what all is involved. What do you need to buy? How much money do you need to do? Do you need inventory? Do you not need inventory? If you're a service model, how will you charge for your time and how will you keep track of that? How will you do your taxes? Do you have an accountant? Do you need an accountant? Do you need to be an LLC? Do you need to be an So we have lots of things that other people can help us with in the initial stages of excitement and our journey. Because the first thing about making a garden is, is you want to have a good plan and you want to start strong. So we're going to get our plans together. We're going to map it out and we're going to take that excitement and we're going to channel it into when it is time to plant. When you plant your seeds and you plant your garden, you have to have a plan. And so I'm going to encourage you that you do make a plan because it's not only that you make a plan, but you want to plan for results. You want to plan not to just spin your wheels and work in your business and 
doing all the different things that makes your website look good, or you can print these perfect flyers out, and you spend all of your time running around doing things, but you're not seeing any success. To do that then, you're going to need to plan it out. So my husband, was is who is a master planner, he exceeds the ability to plan. He's amazing. So he figures out these boxes and he builds them and he puts the dirt in at different levels. And we learned some lessons along the way because we made some mistakes and you're going to make some mistakes. John Maxwell calls that failing forward is when you fail, you pick up nuggets while you're down there. You learn, you stand back up and you go again. So we learned that you can't have too much fertilizer in your dirt, that you can't have deep plants in shallow containers. And we didn't know some of this until afterwards when we were like, oh yeah, duh. So when you plan to work, we're going to call that our calendar block. I have episodes on that. You can go back and review, but a calendar blocking session is nothing more than actually physically putting on your calendar when you are going to work. This episode, for example, I had planned it out that it's going to happen and I did the whole thing and did not have my microphone plugged in. So now my plan to work has been backed up a little bit because I had made a mistake. I will be reminded next time, check microphone, make sure it's plugged in. You're going to plan to work, but I'm going to encourage you to not only plan to work, but plan for results. What do you want to happen when you are working? Because I dare say, if you're a mom at home with kiddos running around, that time is going to be short. So you really have to maximize it. Making phone calls when you're sitting in a car line, calling specifically to follow up when people have made a purchase from you and you're calling the next day, not three weeks later. Being gracious with any problems and criticisms that customers may give you, you're going to nip that in the bud because you're going to be gracious, you're going to be thick-skinned, and you're going to resolve the problem. When you plan to work, it's kind of like in the garden and my planning for success. I have to be able to plant the right plant in the right box. So for example, I can't plant runner plants, plants that send out runners to live altogether. We made that mistake. We have learned that now. We will not put the cucumbers next to the squash and we won't put the the green beans next to the okra. Why? Because they send out runners and they choke out the okra and they have produced in an amazing way. But when it was all thrown in there together and they were growing on top of each other, then they choked each other out. Now that can very easily happen in your business. Because if you're running a business or a service business from your home, you are always going to have distractions. You are always going to have things that buy for your attention and will choke out what you're trying to do. For example, let's say that you're at home and your kiddos are there and you've got 15 minutes to make calls. You're on the phone or maybe you're doing a webinar or maybe you're leading a webinar or maybe you're trying to take a class and the kids decide that World War III has to happen right then in your living room and you have to get up, you have to stop, you have to go take care of said problem. There's always going to be clothes to wash. There's always going to be a kitchen that needs to be cleaned. There's always going to be mouths that need to be fed and you can drive yourself to distraction with all of the distractions. And what happens is you you feel like you're just spinning your wheels because you're not getting anything done. So calendar block means that you put it on your calendar. Planning for results means that what you're planning for what you want to happen in that time. And then flexibility means you can go between the two, but you don't let the distractions choke out your business. 
Another thing that's super simple to do is working in your business where you're doing all kinds of fun things like flyers or planning events or spending way more money on prizes than you're ever going to bring in, not being a good steward and not budgeting your money. Those things can, they can, that can really take your time and you don't see any results. I would encourage you as you're planning for results to plan to show up to your team calls, to your business calls, to your all company events, because those are the places where you see other people doing what you're doing. But there, some people will be a step or two ahead of you that can encourage you. Some people will be a step or two behind you and you can encourage them. Do not develop the attitude of, uh, I already know all that. I don't need to go to that. Because as soon as you get that, I've done it or I've arrived, then I'm just going to suggest that your customer service is going to start to lack and your effectiveness within your team is also going to lag because you've got an attitude that people can't learn from. You're no longer humble. You're no longer hungry. So plan for success, plan for results, stay humble and keep hungry, keep working hard. Now, when you plant your garden, what's, what's the goal? I mean, what's the result that you want to see? fruit, right? You want to see those vegetables. You want to see something for all that hard work. Well, that's our customers. The goal of a business is to have and to keep clients. Because if we don't have clients, customers, friends, whatever you call your peeps, if we don't have those, then we have no business. And we want those people, those folks in our life who are going to pay us and who are going to continue to pay us. In that crop of customers, we want to harvest. So we're going to have to do the things. We have to get rid of the weeds. We have to do the work. And the weeds can be, again, all of those distractions, but it can also be our fears. Maybe you don't like to use the phone. Maybe you don't like networking meetings because you don't like going into places where people are that you don't know. Maybe you don't, um, you're going to bow to the, all the fears that you have in your head, those lies that you believe that you're not enough, that other people do this so much better, that you're not a good salesperson. And that one I'm going to top on right now, because in harvesting a good harvest, you have to have the right conditions. So for a garden, it means you have to have sunlight, you have to have water, you have to have soil. And we found out and it has to be deep enough. It can't be too acidic. It can't have too much fertilizer. <laughs> There's all these other littles. But the things that go on in our head are some of the biggest things to stunting our harvest, stunting our growth. Because what happens in the ground when you plant a seed, it's all in the dark. You don't see it. And what happens in that waiting time when you plant a seed, it takes a few weeks, a few months for those plants to emerge. So the work you're doing right now, you may not see harvest from or fruition for three months. So when we're in that waiting time, it's really easy. If we're not seeing the results we hoped as fast as we want or as quickly as we want, it's so easy to get in your head. And I'm not good enough. Why did I even start this? This was stupid. I don't have this money. All I'm doing is spending money. I'm not making any money. Or you spend way too much money on prizes and efforts and giving discounts and trying to beg people to do your service rather than actually appreciate the work that you're doing. So that's something you have to guard against when you're in the waiting time of those customers actually sprouting. But when you have a harvest, what happens is those plants come up and your hard work starts to pay off and you're going to get fruit. You're going to have customers and you have to decide, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all of this? When your plants start coming in and you've got too much, then what are you going to do with that? Are you going to can it? Are you going to freeze it? Are you going to 
share it with others? Are you going to sell it? So let's say that, oh my goodness, you want to share it. That would be your customers who refer you. The customers who are always and consistently bringing other people to you and saying, hey, you need to meet my friend Kathy. So for those folks, I want to suggest that you have a good referral program where you can reward them for doing that, where you can reward them for their consistency, have a program that honors the fact that they show up, that they attend your Zooms, that they come to your lives, that they do your online events, that they comment in your Facebook and Instagram groups, that they actually participate. So let's reward people for that because that's a that's being good fruit. They're, that's a harvest that you may not recognize. And if they refer people to you, thank them for that. That is huge. And then Thank them for their purchases. You're selling something, you're selling your fruit, and they're buying. So let's do a referral program that thanks them for that. So that's what you do when you have a lot of good customers that are referring you. But let's back up one step and talk about the canning it and the freezing it. This is your harvest of good customers. And when those start to come, you want to preserve them. You want to keep them. You're going to do that by your referral program, but you're also going to do it by having that relationship and developing that relationship. As I mentioned earlier, you're going to knit problems in the bud as quickly as you can. And sometimes that may cost you a little bit of money, but you want to be humble. You want to be a servant. You want to see what problem or what problems does your product or service fix? And then, and that's where you're going to help people. That's where you're going to serve people. Nobody ever wants to be a sleazy salesperson. All right. And that's a fear in our head too, that we have to go to, that we have to guard against. Oh, I just don't want to be a salesperson. So I'm not going to say anything. Well, if you don't ever say anything, then you're not being a salesperson. You're not being anything because you don't have a business. But if You will be humble and you will help people. If you will serve people, if you will solve their problems, then those people are thankful to you and you are the expert. So bring your expertise, bring your products and serve people, solve their problems. Don't try to sell them product. And I can promise you as you consistently and continually do this, as you stay hungry, as you continue to learn and grow your skills as you help and reward your customers, you will reap a harvest. And it's my desire and my prayer for you today as I finish this episode up that you will reap a harvest a hundred times more than you ever thought was possible. And I'm just going to tell you with the Lord, that is possible. And guys, when you go be a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. So until next time, this is Kathy. Take care. Real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.